0: How many of you guys had a great time at Thanksgiving? Did you guys fill up? I know I like, I had to change into maternity pants, you know what I'm saying? Like I I ate so much, it was so good, I'm stuffed, and so man, it was just great just to get away, get a little rest, a little R&R, had a great time, And so, but glad to be back with you starting a brand new series today called A Weary World Rejoices. I love that Christian song lyric, A Weary World Rejoices, because isn't it true that we want to rejoice and worship God and thank Him for the Christmas season, but we got to be honest, that sometimes about this time of year, we are just weary. David actually said, I am weary and worn out. I love that when he said that in Scripture. And David was a man who, they said, was a man after God's own heart. He was close to the Lord, yet he was worn out. I just want to tell you, that you're never going to get to a point where you're so spiritual that you don't have dark seasons. You can be walking with God and still have... A tough moment. It happens to all of us. Last Christmas, I entered pretty dark season. I'm not gonna lie. Last year, I was just having a tough time, and I mean, I was just. I remember walking one night. I just said, "God, I'm so tired." And when I do it, I'm tired and just need to hear from God. I just go for a walk, and I'm walking around my neighborhood. And I'm just like, "God, does anyone even care about you anymore?" I mean, is our whole world going to crap? Can you say that in church? I don't know if you can or not, but I mean, I was like. God, you know, does anyone even care about the things of God anymore? I mean, our nation just seems like a big mess, and everyone's about themselves now, and it's like, where there's all these schisms, and the, everyone's divided and angry, it seems like, and it's just like, Lord, what's going on in our world? And we're just walking and praying. We're saying, God, I just feel like I need to hear from you, because I'm just going through it myself. I just was having a dark season, a, a tough time, and I just felt like, like I, I just needed some help. I just needed to call out to God. And so I was having a season of darkness. And frankly, maybe that's you today. Maybe you're weary. You're worn out. Well, today God has a word for you. I'm glad you're here because I want to speak to that today, that dark season. Because today's message is called Dark Days Need a Light. Now, it says in Job chapter 30, I hoped for happiness and light, but trouble and darkness came instead. There's four different ways that we have dark days. And the first one is that we have what I call dark days of disappointment. This is where something or someone didn't come through for you. You ever been there? Something or someone, you didn't get the job. You didn't get the promotion. You didn't get the girl or the guy. You didn't get the door opening for you. It seems like it slammed closed instead. It's like when things don't work out. And, and let's be honest, many of us feel like we're on kind of plan B in our life. Like, this isn't what I thought my life was going to look like. Maybe for you, you, you think, I'm already a certain age and I'm not married yet. I thought I'd be married by now. Or uh, maybe you say, I'm married, but we're still trying to have kids and we haven't been able to do that yet, you know? Or maybe for you, you say, I'm married and have kids and I'm still disappointed. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not working out like I thought it was going to be, right? And so many of us find ourselves in dark days of disappointment. Or maybe for you, you're like David. He said this, I've cried out desperately for help, but still it does not come. Maybe you have dark days of distress. Distress is when you have a problem and you don't have an answer. It's when you're seeking God, you're like, God, I need your help, and you feel like he's not coming through. You're like, God, where where are you? I I love the fact that David cried out to God a lot. He said, God, I need your help. I need it now. He said, come help me now. And it just feels like sometimes God is distant. You ever felt like, God, did you, are you taking the week off? Are you, are you there? Do you realize what's going on in my life? Do you realize how I'm hurting? Do you see what's happening with my marriage or, or with my kids? Do you realize what's going on in my finances? God, I need your help now. And so what makes us being distressed is when we have a problem and we're not getting the answer we need. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you say, I- I've had this problem for a while and it's not going away and I can't seem to find Solution, so I just feel anxiety, I feel distressed. The dark days of distress, and we also have what I call dark days of doubt. John 12 says, The one who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. You ever just thought, Man, am I even on the right path? Have you ever had a moment where you thought, God, are you even real? You know, great men and women of God have had that doubt too. You're not alone. Many saints of old, many people who walk with God, that I could start listing off names that you'd know, that have had that moment of saying, God, are you even really there? We all have a season or a moment, a dark day of doubt. This is when problems pile on. You begin to doubt whether God is there for you, whether he's real. God, are you taking care of me or not? You you gave me this promise and I haven't seen it fulfilled yet. So you begin to question God. And another dark day that we have is a dark day of depression. It says in Lamentations 3 The thought of my pain is bitter poison. I think of it constantly and my spirit is depressed. You can have a depression of spirit, can't you? Look at what it says in Psalms 88. It says, lover, friend, acquaintance are all gone. There is only darkness everywhere. Maybe for you, you had a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and they, they broke up with you. Or maybe you're going through a divorce. Or maybe you really trusted in a friendship and you found out you can't trust that person. Maybe you've gone through a deep betrayal or, or someone who you thought was there for you wasn't. Or maybe you're still with someone but you're barely hanging on because it just seems like they really don't care for you. What do you do when you have that deep, dark depression? That was me. I'm not going to lie. I was having a tough season. It was, it was not, not easy. I was having a dark season. You know, Paul had a season like this. Paul said, why do I do the things I don't want to do? And then the things I don't want to do, I do. You ever felt that way? Like you're like, I'm going to eat good this week. And then you look up and you're like, why did I eat all that crap? Right? You know what I'm talking about? You ever thought that? Like I, I said I was going to do this and I didn't do it. Right? Or I said I was going to get up and I was going to tackle the back room and clean it up and it's still a mess. Or I said I was going to start getting up early and I still hit snooze. and You're like, why do, I, why do I not do what I want to do? And then what I, what I want to do, I don't. And what I don't want to do, I do. We've all been there, haven't we? But I love how Paul said at the end of this, this is in Romans 7, he said this. He said, what a wretched man I am. But then he said this, but thank God for Jesus. Isn't that great? The answer is not an answer. It's a person. It's Jesus. He helps us through all of these distresses, depressions, difficulties, doubts. He is there for you. I was walking around last year in my neighborhood. I'm praying, God. I feel like no one even cares about you anymore. I feel like I'm the only Christian on the earth anymore. I mean, does anyone even value you or the word of God or believe in your truth? I mean, I, why am I being called, you know, some kind of horrible person just for teaching the truth? And I just believe in your word. I'm, you know, what's going on with our nation? What's, and as I'm walking around, I'm like, God, I just feel like there's darkness all around me. I walk around the corner, and my neighbor down the street had a beautiful manger scene set up. And it was like God just stopped me cold. I looked at it. I mean, it was be, I mean this, they went all out. I mean, I mean, it is nice. Like they had the manger, they had Mary and Joseph. They they even built a little house. They had the angel on top of the house, all lit up nice. And they had the, 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 the wise men, the shepherds. I mean, they were all in the right place. I was like, wow. It was like God reminded me, not everyone is missing the point. They see clearly what the season is about. It's about my son. And so in the middle of my darkness, I suddenly saw a light. And I want to remind you, every time you see a light this Christmas, when you see lights on a house, just remember that light is that he says, you and I are the light of the world, but it's because we come from the light of the world, Jesus himself. He is the reason that we celebrate Christmas. He is our light in a dark place. We to remember that. I don't know about you, but it kind of helps me to know that, that these great men and women of God that I just went over They had problems, too. Does that help you? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, I'm kind of glad to know that Paul, the apostle who wrote half the New Testament, also had really tough days. I'm glad to know that David, who was this great man of God, you know, basically said to God, God, are you even there? Like, am I praying to the ceiling? Like, I'm like, thank you that you had bad days, too. One day when my kids were really little, we went to Luby's. I love Luby's. I call it God's waiting room. But I love Luby's. I walk in there. I suddenly feel super young. But I go in there. And uh, I've got my kids with me, and the kids are really little at the time, right? And, and I, I love going there. I love just picking all of my food. I got to get that jello, man. You got to get the jello. You know what I'm talking about? I know where y'all going to lunch at today. I know for sure, right? So we load up all this food, you know, and the kids were kind of acting up. This is when they were really little. Sophie is like maybe three, okay? She's, I mean, she's little, maybe even two. I mean, she's real little. And so the boys are younger, you know, and we got all this food, and, and and we go to sit down, and Sophie's really acting up. It was so bad, I'm giving her that like death stare threat, like, you better stop it. She's like, no. You know, I was like, oh, here we go. I mean, she was in a mood, and so was I. This was not going anywhere anywhere good, right? So I look at her, I said, you better stop her. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And she just like, right in front of me. I was like, we well, are about to go to the bathroom. And she knows what bathroom means. Bathroom doesn't mean bathroom. Bathroom means spanking, okay? that's. I'm sorry, I know you can't say that in church today, but I'm just telling you, that's that's where this was heading, right? And so she just gives me that little look, and I'm like, that's it. So I grab her out of her chair, I pick her up, and now she's throwing the fish, yeah! Because she knows what's coming. And I carry her in, into, into the Luby's bathroom. Now, Luby's bathroom is at the very back of the restaurant, right? So I walk in there, and so I do, I'm not, again, I'm telling myself, I spank her on the bottom. I was very appropriate, right? But I spank her like, you do not act that way. You know better than this and that. So I spank her and she does it. She looks at me, she goes, Nyeh! and I was like, oh, you did not. <laughs> now we're entering parental Armageddon. <laughs> you guys have a day like this with your kids when they're little, you know what I'm talking about? I was like, oh no. So I knew at this point, she thinks she's going to get away with this because there's people around, right? So I was like, oh, no, we're not doing this. So then I grab her, throw her over my shoulder, and I start marching out with the baby going, yeah, over my shoulder. And I look at Jessica and I go, we're going home. And so because we had two cars, so Jessica could stay and with the boys. So I head out the store, right? Everyone's watching Pastor Bill carry a baby <laughs> out the store. I mean, this is like a scene at this point, right? Now, what I didn't realize is that I had the only wallet in our family on me when I left to pay for the meal. Jessica's like, I don't have the ability to pay for this. And then about that time, Cole, who's now like four or five, leans on the table, knocks the whole table over after I leave, all the food, all the family's food goes over. So I'm gone, I've just made a scene, all the food goes over, it's a giant mess. This family comes up to Jessica afterwards, who paid for our meal, by the way, and she says, we just want you to know it ministered to us so much to so watch you guys have a bad day like this. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're really glad we could help you today. <laughs> but isn't it a little comforting to know that people that you kind of look up to fall apart? I know what I'm talking about? Isn't it nice to know that King David, that, that the Apostle Paul, that, that there's people who, who love God and they're serving God and they have those days. They have that dark moment. I was walking around when I saw that light, God just spoke to me and said, in the middle of the darkness is light. You can't be a light unless you're in a dark place. So God has put us in a world of darkness so we can illuminate it, so we can light it up and be a light of goodness to those around us. Aren't you glad that your church this last... few weeks, just a few weeks ago, because so many people cannot afford Thanksgiving this year. We were a light and gave away 600 turkeys and the fixings for a meal for people who can't afford it. We got to be a light. Isn't that a great thing? I praise God that we can be a light, that we can make a difference. And I believe God brought me here today because our our days are going to cross paths. God, i got to be honest with you, I've been sick all week. I I mean, it was really bad. My wife's even sicker than me. I'm kind of almost over it, but she's still kind of halfway there. She's kind of getting through it. But I'm telling you right now, man, we were, I mean, I was like, you ever been to that sick point where you're like, I'll take DayQuil, I'll take NightQuil, I'll take it all together, I don't care, I just want all right. I just want this to stop. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you wake up, you blow your nose, you're like, half my brain just came out. <laughs> How can that much be inside me? I don't understand, right? I mean, you just like, I can't believe it. So we just felt so bad, I and mean, we're trying to enjoy our vacation, a little time away, and we're just feeling terrible, right? We're like, oh my goodness, you know. And so I just felt ran down, but then I'm just reminded that God has a point to all this. If I'll just lean into God, get some rest, of course, but just trust in the Lord. Maybe you're in a place of darkness today. You're going through it. I've got some good news for everything you're going through. God has an answer. I want to give you four things today that Christ will do for you in the middle of your dark day. Here it is. First thing is this. He will encourage you when you're disappointed. He will encourage you when you're disappointed. Look at the scripture. Psalm 34 says, The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He sees those who have lost all hope. It says in Jeremiah 29, The plans I have for you, says the Lord, are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. What's God saying? He's saying, I know it doesn't look good right now, but trust me, I do have a good plan for you. So God will encourage you when you are disappointed, when things don't go your way, Trust in God. Someone today right now is thinking, man, pastor has no idea what I'm going through, and yet I needed this word. That means God has crossed our paths for a reason. And so God lets me go through things, and I end up writing a sermon to myself, honestly, half the time. And so then I bring it to you. Here's what God's teaching me. And you go, oh, my gosh, I'm going through this at the same time. It's like our, our paths cross, and that's reminding us of the cross. Is that God wants you to remember that he says, I am still in control of your life. When things seem crazy, let me encourage you. I'm still there. You can trust God. He has got your back. He knows what you're going through. The second thing God will do for you is he will strengthen you when you're distressed. He will strengthen you when you're distressed. Philippians 4.13 says this in the Amplified Translation. I have the strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength in me. What that means is this. God is not going to change your circumstances. He's going to change you. And if he changes you, you will change your circumstances. So God does not promise to change all your bad problems and take them all away. He says, I will empower and strengthen you, and I will help you get through all of that and overcome those dark moments and overcome those difficulties. Aren't we thankful that God infuses his strength within us? He does that. He doesn't change your circumstances. He strengthens you to go through those circumstances. It says in Psalms 23, even though I go through the deepest darkness, I will not be afraid for Lord, you are with me. God is with you through your difficult moments. He has not left you. He's not left your side. Just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he's not there. He is there for you. And I love this next one. Psalms 119 says this, your word is, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Number three, he will reassure you when you are doubtful. We get doubtful, don't we? God, are you even there? Do you even care about me? Are you even real? It's easy that. You know the best way that God wants to encourage you is through his word. The Bible says, your word is a light. It is a lamp unto my feet. You ever gone through something seriously dark? What do you do when everything goes dark in your life? You can barely see in front of you. What do you do? If you'll take the moment to open God's word, you'll realize it's a light for your path. And here's the thing, it's it's not enough light to light the whole path. God's just trying to give you enough light to take the next step. You don't need a light to light your whole world. You just need enough light to know where to put your foot next. And if you'll open this word, he'll tell you One thing you need today, and then one thing you need tomorrow, and one thing you need the next day. Each day, God's Word is a light unto your path. Aren't you grateful for how God lights it up? He shows you what you need. Right when you need it is when God does it for you. But I'm telling you, I've learned this. Quit trying to figure out your whole life. That's God's job, not yours. God says, I'm just going to illuminate the next few steps. And if you'll just obey me when you take the next step, oh, there's more path that's lit. But more path is only lit when I take the next step. So you just take one step at a time and God will illuminate the path you are to go on. He will reassure you when you are doubtful. Guys, I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God this year. You know, we're coming up to a new year. Why don't you make it a plan this year to get a new Bible or a new Bible reading plan on an app and commit to reading it every day? I'm a huge fan of the one year Bible. I've been using this for years. It gives me a little bit of Old Testament, a little New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs every day. And it has impacted my life for years. I have led this congregation for 25 years off of a one year Bible. I'm telling you the truth. If you ever hear me preach without using Scripture, you should leave. You should get out the door because Pastor Bill does not have anything good to say. It's God's Holy Spirit through his word teaching me that I have anything good to say. It's the word of God guiding us and leading us. And if we ever get away from that, we will jack up our lives. Stay in the word. Get in the word. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. Talk about it. Go over it. Learn it. It really will Change your life completely. I've got a worn out Bible here I still use, and it's worn out because I'm always in it. But I want to tell you one thing I've learned is that someone who has a worn out Bible doesn't have a worn out life. So if you'll get into the Word of God, it really can change everything about your life. He will reassure you when you're doubtful, and he does that through his Word. And the last thing is this. He will change you when you're depressed. God uses your depression to change you. Did you know that? It says in scripture, Ephesians 5, light produces everything that is good, that has God's approval, and that is true. 1 John 2, 8 says this, you can see the darkness fading away and the true light already shining. I bet God's already illuminating your situation right now, isn't he? God gives you light in your darkness. Can I tell you something? Can I be honest with you? Most of us wouldn't even be in church today if it wasn't for a dark season that made us go, you know what? We need something. It was a dark season, a dark difficulty. I mean, how many parents at some point wake up and say, we need to get our kids in church? Well, you do that because you see the way your kids are acting on Tuesday, you're like, we need them there on Sunday, right? You're like, I need my kids in church. They need to hear about God. They know there is a God, right? And so you think, man, I, I, I need to bring in the church. I need to help them get their life in order, go in the right direction. And then, frankly, if we're honest with ourselves, we needed it too. We're like, man, I'm kind of messed up. I'm making bad decisions. I feel depressed. I'm, I'm really down. I need something. So what that means is that your dark moments, your difficult moments, the moment you find yourself in the hole is when you look up. I mean, Joseph was pushed in a hole by his brothers in the Bible, and then he looked up. I mean, if you're, if you're in a hole, the only place to look is up. So it's that hole in your life. It's that depression. It's that dark moment that causes us to change. So believe it or not, God is not trying to have you stuck in your depression. He says, no, this is a sign it's time to change, to take God's word serious, to apply his truth and stand on his promises and begin to walk with the Lord and watch God change you. I came today t- to tell you that everything is changing in your life right now. God is trying not, he's not trying to tell you, I'm going to change your life. God says, I'm changing your life. Right in this moment, God's word is having an impact, and His word is crossing with your life, and He's doing something big right now. He is speaking to you, He's speaking life over you, He's giving you light and your darkness. Can we praise God for His goodness? He takes care of us. You can trust Him. I was looking at some scripture last night, going over my message as I normally do on Saturdays, and I found a couple verses that really hit me. In fact, I started realizing there's tons of verses all throughout the Bible. That refers to you and I as a seed. It's kind of interesting. I was like, huh, we're, we're, we're a seed. In fact, let me show you a couple of verses. It says in Matthew 13, it says, the field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The sons and daughters of the kingdom, that's you and I, we are seeds to the world. Right? The world is the field, and we're the seed. Let me show you another know scripture. It says in John 12, it says, Truly, truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat Falls into the earth. A grain of wheat is a, a grain is a seed. Okay, a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies. It remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So a grain of wheat, if buried under a bunch of dirt and watered, will turn into wheat. But it has to first die in the dirt. And then it dawned on me that if you and I are a seed, then maybe God. On purpose, by his plan, by his divine guidance, is actually allowing the world, our circumstances, to throw some dirt on us. And we think, oh, I'm getting buried under all this horrible stuff that's going on. God goes, no, 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 no. I let the dirt stay on you. And then I came along and I washed it with the word. Because i'm trying to let you die to yourself and be buried under a bunch of stuff so that i can do what so you'll sprout new life and the fruit i put in you will come out and you'll be a light in this world god intentionally put some dirt on you oh oh come on god's got a plan god's not trying to bury me god's trying to bloom me god's trying to plant me he's trying to do great things in my life and so when i'm going through it god's not doing that to hurt you God's doing that because he knows if lest you die to yourself, to your own agenda, to your own dreams and plans, and say, God, my life is here for you, God says, now I'm going to water it, and now something great will come out. God did not let you get some dirt thrown on you because he doesn't love you. He did it because he does love you. Because he knows you cannot become all that God meant for you to become until you got some dirt on you. He's trying to bury you so he can plant you. And I think what we celebrate here every year is the birth of Christ, but that's because we celebrate what? In about three months, what? The resurrection of Christ. That resurrection only happens until he first was buried, until he had died, and then the resurrection happens. Well, why would God send his son, the seed by which all fruit of our spiritual life comes from, is through Jesus. If God allowed his own son to get buried, why would you and I be different? So God lets that dirt go on us. We don't like it. We get frustrated, but God says, I got something planned. Did you know that every seed inside of it has instructions? You know, apple seeds produce, they don't produce oranges, they produce apples, right? I mean, I could... I could be a little less complicated if I need to, but I mean, I think it's pretty simple, right? I mean, the seed produces what's in it, right? God has instructions that he's written inside of you. And the only way you begin to get in tune with those instructions is when you're buried. Because when things are going bad, things are not going your way, and you start to say, why am I here? What is your purpose for me, God? And God says, now we're getting somewhere. He begins to water it with his word like he is right now. And if you'll die to yourself, say, okay, God, I've been trying to make myself happy. I've been trying to do things my way, and it's not working. I'm going through doubt, through distress, through discouragement, disappointment, even depression. God says, I know, but I'm going to water it now. You'll die yourself. Out of you will birth a great plan, a great dream. Don't let your dreams die still in you. Let the dirt on your life cause you to seek the Lord like never before. And watch God rebirth you. He will resurrect your marriage. He will resurrect your children. He will resurrect your health. He will resurrect your finances. He will resurrect your dreams. He will resurrect every area of your life because that's the kind of God we serve. He loves you enough to say, I have a plan in the middle of your dark moment. Stay encouraged today, God. Has a big plan for you. Would you bow your heads with me, every head bowed every eye closed? My prayer today is for you. If you say, Pastor, I've got some dirt thrown on me. Praise God. He's not burying you, he's planting you. If you say, Pastor, that was for me today. Wow, I had no idea. Pastor, you've been reading my emails. I haven't. God's just that good. If that's you, David, you lift your hand high and just say, I want to thank you, Lord, because you knew I needed this. You knew what I was going through. Thank you, God. You, I'm not alone. Isn't that great to know you're not alone? Clearly you're not. God knew this. God knew what's going on in your life. He's that good. At all of our campuses, if you know the Lord speaking to you, lift your hand high. Just say, God, I want to thank you. I thank you. I just. I find reassurance today in your word. I know you're with me. I know you're talking to me. And I know you got a plan for my life. This dirt on me is not meant to bury me. You're planting me, God. You're going to produce fruit out of this. And I thank you for that, God. I thank you for that with your head bowed and your eyes closed, God sent his own son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and me. Jesus was the seed that God gave to pay the price for our sins. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. Then he rose again. He came up out of the grave, out of the dirt. He arose as a victor. People say, well, how do I know Christianity is real? I mean, how do I know it's the real deal? I mean, what about all these other religions? Well, you see, all religions have a plan but only one of them has a person. See, Jesus didn't say, oh, I have a plan for you. Do all these good things and maybe you'll get eternity. Jesus said, no, I am the resurrection and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. He says, I'm it. And I'm gonna prove it by dying and resurrecting. And then he did it. Only Christianity has a founder who rose again. That is the difference between our faith and all other faiths. We have evidenced historical, archeological evidence that Christ rose again. You can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. Pray this prayer with me across all of our campus, all of our churches, those online. Just pray this out loud. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin, and I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around. Would you just lift your hand high right now if you just gave your life to Christ? Thank you. There are hands going up all across our churches. Hold your hands high. Thank you. Praise God. We see your hands. Thank you, Rodfield. Hold that hand high. Praise God. Right here, right here at broadcast. Hold your hand high. Hold it high. Thank you. Just gave your life to Christ. Thank you. Those who are online with us right now, you can let us know by putting in the text chat. Just text my hands raised or click hand raised right now. Hold your hand high. All of our campuses. Thank you. Thank you, Stone Oak. Hold that hand high. Praise God. Praise God. We thank God for you. Thank you, Padre Island. Come on, Portland. Just give your life to Christ. Hold your hand high. Praise God. Thank you, Rockport, Fulton. Hold on your hand high. We praise God for you. Praise God. Thank you that you gave your life to Christ. We give him honor today. Hands across all of our campuses. We praise God for that. You can put your hands down now. Every head bowed every eye closed. If today is a hard season, if Decembers are not easy for you, if this is a difficult time because someone that you love is not with you during the holidays, because someone you care for is not here to celebrate with you any longer. If this is a tough season for you. Maybe you just get depressed, you get down. It's really hard. Every head's bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, would you look at me right now? All over campus, if you, just everyone else's head's bowed, but if you say December's really hard for you, Pastor, just look at me. Would you just look at me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. I see you. I do. Thank you. Just look right at me. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I see you. I want to tell you two things. I want to tell you this. All the campuses, thank you. I see you. I want to tell you. Number one, your church is here for you. We love you. We know this is a tough season. Don't be afraid to say, I need help. Don't be afraid to call someone, to join a life group, to get involved serving. Sometimes maybe your serving isn't just a service, just because you just need friendships. Do that. Get plugged in. We are here for you. Tell someone in the atrium, I just need someone to pray for me. I just, I'm just having a tough time okay to do this. Say, hey, reach out to someone next. To you say, can we get lunch this week? I just don't want to feel all alone during December. It's okay to do that. We praise God for you. Your church is here for you. Second thing is this, God's here for you. God understands. You know, it says in scripture, Jesus was a man of sorrows. He understands what it is to be alone and to be in difficulty. I want to pray for you right now. God, I want to thank you, Lord, that you're with these people who are hurting today. Lord, sometimes the Christmas season can be a joyful, wonderful time. Sometimes it can be a tough season of loneliness and of pain. I pray for those today who are hurting that they would know that you love them and that your church loves them. Thank you, God, that we can be there for those who are hurting. And I pray that they would know that we're lifting them up and that they are not alone this season. Thank you, God, for your church and for your spirit that's with us. In your name we pray and all those people said. Amen. Did God good? His word is so true. Well, thank you for being with us today across all of our campuses. It's offering time at church unlimited. It's an honor to give to God. Yeah, we we cheer on the offering. I want to say real quick a couple things about the offering. I just want to say this as you prepare your offering. First of all, I want to say a couple months ago I said, "Hey, we're in a tight season." It wasn't because you weren't giving. I think it's because of the economy, number one. But number two, we took on a massive project that was a surprise to us. It was a God surprise. It was a good thing. By buying a location, a building in Portland and opening a campus that cost us about three and a half to four million dollars that we were not prepared for. We utilized our savings as well as people just stepping up and giving. But while we're doing that, at the same time, we're also re-renovating the Padre Island campus. So that's a lot at once. So we didn't have a money problem. We had a cash flow problem. It's a little different. So I just, hey, would you guys step up? Well, you did. And I want to say thank you. We are on the other side of that problem now. So thank you for your generosity. Praise God. He's coming through. I want to say it loud and clear. I also want to say that doesn't mean we don't need to finish the year strong. We do. I want to encourage you to stay faithful. It doesn't do any good if everyone goes, oh, they're good now. No, no, please don't do that. (laughs) That would not be good for us. Please don't do that. Just stay faithful. We're we're really just saying, are you bringing the tithe? If you're bringing the tithe, you're good. You're just obeying God. God will take that and multiply it. That's all we're asking. I want to encourage you as well that we do this thing every year. We kind of have end-of-year giving. And this is where, as families, we just say, okay, God, I want to give a one-time gift above and beyond to you, God, just to say thank you for a good year. Thank you for blessing. What we do in my family is I just look around and say, what's the biggest gift? that I gave some member of my family. Like we just say, who got the nicest, the most expensive gift? And I always make sure we give a gift larger than that to Jesus. I just figured it's his birthday. We should probably do that first. So I give something larger to him. And so, but whatever the Lord will lead you to do, we gave you an envelope on the way. And just take it home. Nothing to do about that today. This is our regular tithe and offering time. But we just ask you to prayerfully consider if God would have you do something by the end of the year to give to the lord just to say god thank you that you got me through 2023 and so thank you for that but i just want to say thank you for being faithful i want to do this you know i always talk about the offering about giving but you know i'd rather you hear from someone else someone just like you so i want to invite a really sweet couple some friends of mine out here this is chase and karina carlisle they've been a part of the church for a very long time you guys come on out here and you guys give them a hand would you do that thanks for joining us you know chase we've known each other for a while karina you actually came to church when you were in college I did. and yeah. so and then you dragged this heathen with you yeah. and so I love that and so you guys came and been part of church for a long time but you guys are faithful givers you're generous not only here but elsewhere I know you're generous people so giving obviously has impacted your life in a big way so what does it mean to you to give the church unlimited and just to give to God
1: yeah I mean it means everything bill at the end of the day everything we have is because of God right so it's not real difficult to get back to him what was already his to start with um, but I grew up a very devout Catholic family and from oh, the gone. beginning, uh, you know, the things I remember about Sundays were the silly knee-high socks that my mother put me in. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, I remember watching my father every week write that check before he walked into the service. Wow. Um, and then I remember armresting my sister to figure out who was going to have the privilege of putting that in the offering plate that week. Wow. So, you know, you fast forward a few years. I met this yeah. beautiful young lady here was way out of my league. So when she asked me to come to Church Unlimited with her, I said, I better show up. (laughs) Um, And I remember sitting in the back row um, and listening to a sermon that you gave and decided at that point I was a young man, an adult, and that I needed to make a commitment to start tithing. And it's not always easy, I'm not going to lie. You know, you have slower months at work or your business. But but I feel like those are the times that, that God tests our faith. And every time I pass that test, it comes back in some form or fashion.
0: Wow, isn't that good? Yes, sir. Praise God. I love it. So great. Karina, you've been a part of church a long time as well. What does yeah. it mean to you? I'm just curious. Yeah,
1: no, it's, it's definitely, I think the biggest gift that we've seen, and as Chase mentioned, coming back tenfold, is that you're truly giving in the communities that we live in, mm-hmm. we serve, and you get to yeah. see that. And there's no greater time than the holiday season, I feel yeah. like, to start that commitment Amen. and to make that leap um, and yeah. to see that lamp. I love that, that you mentioned just open up and for us to be able to see at the fruits of god's word step by step through the holiday season and then you'll find as you start to reap those rewards just how beautiful life really is in god's plan for you
0: that's so good you guys give them a hand thanks for coming up and sharing we love you guys thank you all we appreciate that you know as they give they give faithfully to the lord i love how, how i love i love how they both have different reasons don't we all have a reason like what's your reason right you got to find out what's my why you, until you know your why, you won't even get to the what. And so I love how Chase is like, hey, my why is it's, it's right. You know, he saw his dad do it. What a that beautiful testimony of his father, right? He just, he gave faithfully, and his kids literally saw it. So he thought, dad does it. Mom and dad do it. I want to do it too. So sometimes it's just right. That's just a reason enough to give right there. But I love how Karina said, but you know, I get that light. I, I see God moving in my life, and I want to give where God's moving, and then when we give, our church gets to be a light. You know, like this last two weeks ago, we fed 600 people, right? Turkey, tur- a turkey dinner, right? And so for Thanksgiving or, or you know, just a few weeks ago, we, there, there were three different, uh, two single moms and a single father who were really hurting, that we just helped them out financially. We're able to do that. How is that possible? Because you give. So you ever thought, man, I just, I can't make a difference. What if there was a way you could? And what if it wasn't that far from you? If you think, you know what, right here in front of me, Here's a church, an organization that is not about themselves, but about giving to others and making a difference. When you give, you help us give to more people. Let's pray and ask God to bless this offering. Thank you for your gift today. Thank you for being generous. Maybe for you, just like Chase, sitting in the back, you thought, okay, I need to do this. I'm an adult. I love how he said it. I'm an adult now. i got to make this decision. And an, an adult, a mature person says, life is not just about me. God, I pray your blessings over this offering. Thank you, God, that we can give. Thank you, God, that you gave your son. And, Lord, that's the greatest gift of all time. And so out of response to that, we give back to you and pray your blessings over this offering. I thank you for a faithful church, a generous church. I pray that we would continue to be generous in our community, making an impact, making a difference. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do by the end of the year as well. Thank you, Lord. We begin to prayerfully consider what you'd have us do. But, Lord, thank you today. We'll just be faithful. In your name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Thank you. God bless. Pastor?